Hi everyone, welcome back to a new episode. If you're new, my name is Insaf Daniels and I'm so excited to be with you today. Thank you so much for making the time to listen to this amazing episode. I am 100% certain that it is going to help you. It's going to provide value. So in today's episode, I chat to a social media strategist. Her name is Stacy. She is the owner of the company called Matter at Heart. We talk all about social media strategy, what companies should consider, whether it is a bigger company or a smaller company that does not have social media yet. We also talk about what a career in social media looks like and whether it is that you need to study or not. And then lastly, we talk about how social media impacts the way people do recruitment. I am super excited for you to meet her. She is just so lovely. It was just such a casual chat, but yet so meaningful. If you have any questions, please feel free to reach out to myself or Stacy. All the links are down below in the show notes. I hope you enjoy. How is you? How's your day been? I saw the video that you posted. You had. Um, it seems like you had an event today. An event today? Did I? <laughs> no, I don't. Oh, it's been eventful. Was, oh yeah, yeah. No, it's been really eventful today. Um, I just decided I was going to start taking my content. I'm going to say a lot more seriously because I don't. I don't like taking anything too seriously. But I think maybe just the way I was give, like giving information to my audience, I was like, I don't want to deliver it in a way that they get the most value, which is going to take a lot more effort on my part. Um, and I just need to try and manage my time better in order to do that. Because I, I don't believe in like burning yourself out, trying to consistently keep up with like the quality qu- quality of stuff that people think you should be posting. So a little bit of documentation along the way, but also just getting myself to sit down and film properly. Yeah. And I mean, like you, you said at the beginning, like you don't want to take it too seriously, mm. but, but it's almost yeah. it's almost like you're doing a disservice when you're not sharing that value. Yeah. And, and I just realized like I just at some points had nothing that I wanted to say. And I just thought it's like, okay, I'm just going to post random stuff. Um, just like stuff that I thought was funny relatable and then I kind of sat back and was like okay now I'm ready to say stuff again and how am I going to say this in a way that people take the most value out of it and I was like well I've got my camera I've got my cool backdrop like let's let's just give it all we've got and um let's see how we go but it's really time consuming (laughs) like I've been at this the whole day like I'll jump in between this and client work, which isn't ideal because I really should be focusing on client work throughout the day. And then in the evening, well, like either really early in the morning and then in the evening, just working on my own stuff um, that I've yet to master. So we'll see how this goes. I've got my, my green tea and mint, bit of okay. caffeine in there. Cause I've already had like four cups of coffee today. Oh, wow. Trying not to like kill myself. So <laughs> it's like, ah, green tea has caffeine, right? So <laughs> The yeah, the healthier version. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Rather don't post if you don't have anything to say, and then post when you do. Because like, if you need, if you just need time out, and you actually just, you know, you're losing your love for it. Like, focus on something else, you know. But um, I mean, if you're really gunning it for growth, then yeah, post consistently. But it's not, it's not always about that. Yeah, I if, think if it's like if it's going to take so much out of you. Like if it's this thing that takes the most effort. Yeah, that's why I, I, I was thinking like, you know, I'm, I'm single. I'm, you know, I'm 27 now. I'm probably only going to start looking to settle down at like 30. So I've got the next three years just for myself. Seriously, like I need to, it's, it's either now or never because, yeah. you know, then I want to settle down. I want to have a family and that's going to be, that's going to take my attention as well as it should. So I was like, let's just, let's just go for it. <laughs> Yeah, I, you know, I feel the exact same way that now is like, it, it's almost like the last chance, even though I'm sure people that are in like, like the late cities are like, what are you talking about? But it's, it's just like, if it's going to be any time, it's going to be now. Yeah. And I look, I, I think that people can still 
of course, you know, chase your career. And, and I, I don't know what life's going to hold for me. Like, flip, maybe I'll have a family. Maybe I won't. I, I find that you can plan life and you can plan everything and life has its own plans. So rather just, rather just be a good person and see where that takes you. Yeah, I, I like that. Rather just be a good person. Um, for this year, I was like, everything is going to be easy and effortless for me. I yeah. I think that I just spent so much time like working hard and like all this, everything was just so hard. And now I'm like, you know what? Everything can be fun. You know, it, it yeah. can be effortless. Like if you go into something with that mindset, like, oh, it's so hard, then of course it's going to be hard. Mm. Mm. And and there's a there should be a way. I, I do find that you know sometimes sometimes the necessary things are hard, yeah. And it should be hard because it's what's stopping so many other people from doing it, and is what's going to separate you. But the, if if you're especially like if you're doing what you're doing in front of camera, like what I'm trying to do now, like it's hard. But if I come in front of the camera and make it look difficult, no one's gonna want to watch that. And then I've completely wasted my time and my audience's time so you gotta this is why I think just do what you're passionate about because because then you'll you'll want to do it yeah it won't yeah. feel and as difficult yes and if you if you understand like why it is that you're doing it so last week I had to do this article on the fourth industrial revolution and when when it came my way I was like I am the last person that should be doing an article on this and then I just shifted my mindset. I was like, you know what? I can either be the reporter on this information, do all my research and report what I've found. Or I can be like, uh, no, I, I'm not the best person to speak on this topic. And I had the weekend to prepare, did the interview. And it just, it went so well. It, it's so weird. Like the people on the other side, the way they received it, it was like, it's so inspiring and it's this and this. And it, it went to, I think like three or four publications. And I was like, I was literally so close to being like, no, I, I can't talk on that topic. So even though mm. it could have been hard, but my mindset was, listen, I've always wanted to do an article. Here's an opportunity let me just learn about this because the only thing that I'm going to, you know, if, if it goes bad, if they're like, you cannot talk on this topic at all. It's like, okay, I learned, I learned stuff in the process. Now I know. Um, yeah. I think, I think what's key with that is like, you didn't come across being like, I am an expert in this. And then you were more able to take on board information and share it. Cause you realize you're just like a vessel for it. You know, you've done people a huge favor by curating someone else's words and all those other little bits of information that you found interesting. And like that was useful too. Wow, I didn't even see it like that. <laughs> I try and do that when I when I talk about stuff because I'm always just like I there's stuff that like I'll experiment with and I can say for myself this work, but um, most of the time I'm just always in the mindset of like gathering information. Like I'm I'm such a nerd. If you had to know like what my days consisted of, it's just me learning stuff and like I'm on if I'm if I'm not on TikTok looking up certain social media trends, then I'm on Clubhouse learning about NFTs and that. And I was like, okay, I'm able to actually take my passion, which is being a freaking nerd, <laughs> and, like, <laughs> using it, which is cool. <laughs> and like, do you find that, or, or do you have a lot of downtime or when you are like, you know, you, you dine with client work and stuff, um, do you find yourself like doing nothing or is that difficult? Ah, uh, sure. You know what? I can, I can be a seriously lazy person if I want to. Um, but I mean, that was like uh, majority of high school for me. Cause I just, I, what I didn't resonate with it. I didn't enjoy it. So I think a lot of people, um, perceive me as, as lazy. And then when I realized it was just kind of this thing that everyone told me I was never going to be good at, I was like, all right, well, fine then. But now that like, you know, ever since then like once I left high school I think I left with a little bit of this like weird chip on my shoulder which kind of helped which I was like I'm gonna show them like they all thought I was like stupid and lazy and I mean I'm gonna show them um so but yeah that even that drive like it, it ebbs and flows and it wanes it, it, it comes back and like now I feel like it's coming back again so I'm gonna go for it I just don't think it's sustainable and I don't think it's realistic to be consistently driven all the time. I'm also quite a spontaneous person and I, I love my my hobbies and things. So 
I just see social media and and all this stuff as like tools. And once mm. I've figured it out and once I've done it, all my research on it, I'm like, cool, now I'm a little bit bored. So I'm going to go do something else for a little bit and, and then I'll come back. Um, and try and I try and find like hobbies and things which all kind of mesh into each other. So at least I'm not so so far removed from from it all but I don't I don't know if it's realistic for people to be passionate about the same thing like luckily with my industry like with digital as you know there's always new stuff coming out so it 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 isn't it isn't easy to be bored there's always new stuff coming out but yeah um, yeah. what happened that made you get into like the digital industry so I always used to do content creation um even as a kid I would I was on YouTube uh from a young age, I think from like 2007, I think is when my profile started. Um, so I was always creating like little shows with my friends and just talking and being silly. And um, I was always really fascinated by, by, by these platforms and creating content, but I didn't understand where it came from. And I understand now it is from that like weird mechanical side of me that I don't think as a woman we're able to really fully develop and explore so I don't think it was really recognized in me as or nurtured in me as a kid or as a teenager where they saw they just saw like maybe an ADHD misfit that was like okay you just you just sit in the corner and you know speak when you're spoken to and I feel like I feel like I'm hoping there's a lot more women out there that resonate with that because I like I said once I decide to do something like I've decided then I decide I'm going to be the best at it and I just I give it my all I don't care if like I I get four hours of sleep every night um so so yeah I was always kind of doing YouTube and stuff and always on these platforms really early on and just figuring them out because I didn't I didn't go in there to be good like I say I say I want to be the best at it but it's not it's it's um it's my own subjective version of best like I'm not doing it to get recognition from other people. It's more just like, I want to master it for myself mm-hmm. um, and then move on. And then when I moved to Cape Town, was it four years ago? I was staying at an Airbnb. So I kind of just packed all my stuff up from Joburg and then just moved to Cape Town. And the guy that I was staying at an Airbnb with, he mentioned that he had a startup agency in digital marketing. And I was like, well, I studied it after. I've got a film sort of background. Um, I'd be happy to take an entry-level job and I can be your content creator. Well, the the word wasn't content creator back in the day. Like it was more like, do you want to, do you want to take photos for like their social media and do the copy for it? And I was like, yeah, 100%. Um, And then from there, I went to another agency that my friend and his brother had started at the time, um, worked there and then kind of learned, took everything that I'd learned and thought like, okay, I want to start my own thing. And it just kind of went from there. <laughs> you really started like really early on. That time in YouTube, I don't even think that I knew it existed at that time. <laughs> like you say, like it's, it's, and I also have experienced that you just sit there and you do what you're told and you like you speak when you're spoken to. It's, yeah, it's, it's actually quite sad when you've, when you've kind of elevated out of that and you find what it is that you want to do. Then you just, yeah. like, you wish you can take all of those people that have experienced that or are still experiencing that and just say, you know what, one day you're going to find this thing that's really going to rock your world. Exactly. And isn't, isn't that great? That's, what's, that's what I love about social media is that it lets you own your story and everyone, everyone has value, innate value, and everyone has a story that, you know, a younger them would have loved to have heard. So that's yeah. why I try and think, like, if I ever feel like I'm losing that why, I think, like, you know, think of that inner child and think, you know, shit. Oh, sorry, I don't know if I can swear. Um, I try not to, but it's hard. <laughs> I, think, um, I think, you know, what would what would she have wanted to hear? Um, and then just focus on that. Digital marketing and social media and, you know, branding and all of that. In South Africa, do you think that we've, like, utilized it to the capabilities that we actually could or... Are we getting there? I don't know if I can speak on behalf of the whole of South Africa, just because I haven't ever worked for those big, big agencies. So possibly they're pushing the frontiers and I just don't know about it. I don't know. But I mean, like it's, it's, a, it's a scale, right? Because also we're using tools and platforms that we're always, it always feels like we're the last to know about. And we're the last getting the updates. And, you know, we're, we're like most of the tools for Facebook and Instagram, like we don't even have access to, like if you're picking demographics or if you're picking locations for paid media. We can't even find half of our locations in there. So 
I think, I think, look, I definitely think there are people that are, that are pushing it and are experimenting, but I just find in South Africa and I've got to be careful because I don't want to, I hate using generalizations and boxing people. Cause it does, I don't think, I don't think it encourages people to, to want to be more when you, when you like say stuff like that. So I, I'll, I will say that I wish people would be more comfortable with experimenting and not not being so I don't know I, I don't know I'm just weird maybe I just don't get afraid when it comes to stuff like that maybe I should be but I just see it as like okay if I've got a little bit of extra money left over I'm going to put that into ad spend I'm going to put that into this and I'm going to experiment and if it works it works if it doesn't it doesn't I think people have it out in their heads that there's this whole audience of people watching them all the time that are just waiting for them to mess up and I can promise you now you could spend so long on a beautiful piece of content on a campaign that you took a month to get approved, put it out there and like no one, no one cares. And then that also upsets people. But I was like, you know, that's the, the, the concept the broader concept here is to just keep experimenting and to have fun while doing it. Like people, people want to interact with you if you're interesting and you're interested and you, you have fun with what you do. <laughs> yeah. And, and the thing is also that not everyone is going to love that thing, who it is that you are wanting to, to target, but also in, in the broader in life, not everyone is going to love what you do or understand what you are or the message that you are trying to. But it's just most important that that specific people that you are wanting to target actually does. I agree with you 100%. I think people, people want to be liked. And that's okay, but not everyone's going to like you. And like there's certain people that you just don't want to be liked by. And um, I mean, I just don't think it's realistic, but I, I've never really cared about being well-liked. So again, I don't <laughs> I can speak to it. Again, I just know I'm a good person. So or I try to be a good person. So it doesn't really phase me if people like me or not. I like me, so that's fine. Yeah. And I don't know if that's arrogant, but... <laughs> No, I love it. And and I wish that um, everyone would, you know, try to view life like that, because it's just how life is. And whether you're putting something out there, you always thinking the worst, like, what are people going to say? Maybe they're going to criticize on this. You shouldn't be going into things like that with that mindset. Um, can you share a bit about what it is that you that you do as um, a social media strategist? So it's it's quite complicated, and I think the role of a social media strategist changes from literally from person to person. Um, I will say this: that if you are ever hired as a social media strategist, you are not just strategy. It's you are everything. Let me tell you: you are the copywriter. You are the photographer, you are the video editor, you are then you also the strategist and you're the trend analyzer and you are the scheduler and you're posting things. And um, it's a lot. There's a lot of things. You're the, you're the PR, you're reaching out for influencers to collaborate. You're, you're um, account manager because you're, you know, and um, how do I call it? I, I don't know if it's like internal marketing is a specific word for it, but you know, you're also doing community management where you're making sure that um, the customers are happy and you're replying to them and your, your business and sales, because uh, you're going out and you're messaging other people and enticing them, you know, through these platforms to come in and support your business. So it's, it's a lot, it's everything. It's everything from what I've seen. I don't know if it should be that way. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> I feel like it's a lot and I feel like these social media strategists either enjoy the chaos, maybe they've got the same temperament like chefs where they just they, they enjoy that rush and that high. But I, there's some part of me that thinks also being a social media strategist or manager that yeah, at some point something's got to give. You've got to outsource one of those tasks because you're going to be doing all of them at 20%. It really does sound like it's multiple people. I'm, I think minimum like three people to actually be yeah. able to execute on it. All the different platforms. I mean, like I, I've at least got like my own agency. So I've got like my own little team that assists my clients. Um so, but I mean, I still find myself doing a lot, but I think, I think that's rightfully so because I own the company and I should, I should be grinding the most and putting in the most work and, you know, doing operations as well. But I, it would be interesting, you know, if you're a social media manager and you're hearing this, or you're listening to this, like, we just let us know as well, if you're someone who you're finding yourself wearing all these hats, because I think I am amazed when I go onto LinkedIn or when I see people's job descriptions or job posts, they say they look for looking for a social media manager and you look at the amount of responsibilities they have. And I just look at it and I think there is no way 
the the person who wrote this just and and people aren't in South Africa yet or maybe just in general I, I don't want to keep saying South Africa but I don't think people are educated enough on what it takes to have a, a successful social media not even social media presence just like an online and digital presence and even just to hire someone solely for social media is is hectic like I would hire someone per platform if I was a company right now, like, and, and this is something we do. So I'm trying to restructure our, our pricing because we currently charge per hour. And I'm, I'm starting to think maybe we should charge per platform. But then my fear is that I'm going to get people saying, well, we only want you to do Instagram or we only want you to do LinkedIn. And, and the truth is like, I, I, let me be dead honest with you. I always think, well, what the hell do people know what they want? Like they've, they hire us for our expertise. I'd rather come on board and say, this is your target audience. This is where they are. This is what they would want. This is what we need to do. And this is how we price you for, for this. Um, but I, I think the only, the only platform that I would price separately is probably TikTok. Just have one person. Like seriously, businesses, if you're listening to this and there's one thing you can take from this, find someone today to manage your TikTok and just let them do it. Like don't just just let them try, let them fail at it. Luckily, TikTok's still in its infancy in South Africa. So if you, they mess up, not a lot of people are going to see it. In fact, if they mess up, it's because it'll it's because not a lot of people have seen your TikToks. Um, so yeah, I, I, I don't know. There's so many social media platforms out there and you really want to curate your message and your content for each platform. I don't know if you can get one person to do all of that all the time. Because, you know, it, it really does also sound like different people on different platforms for example on um like linkedin the type of messaging mm. on linkedin would probably different be different to the type of messaging on tiktok so how how would a company decide which platforms is best for them i mean we can maybe work through an example maybe that would help because um okay i'll give you an example so one of my clients is um they're a dental dental practice and they've got a whole bunch of uh, specialists in there like prosthodontists periodontists just other types of specialist dentists doctors and um and we tried linkedin because I, th I think it comes down to what are you offering and to whom so first you've got to look at your service or your product so for them it was all right well because they're specialists they can actually they're actually looking to get other dentists to refer patients to them. So I was like, well, if we're looking for other dentists, we should probably go on LinkedIn because people are more likely to post their profession on LinkedIn than they are on Facebook. And we tried that and it turns out not a lot of dentists were actually in South Africa that were on LinkedIn. So what we did was we rather than tailored that back to Instagram and we just rather, we physically went and followed and interacted with and engaged with every single dentist in like Cape Town or in South Africa. And that converted well. So, so yeah, I would start just with the basics of like, what is your service and product? Who is it targeted to? Where do we think we're going to find them? Let's try it. Mm. If it doesn't work, it's not a train smash. It's just, just trying to find your audience where they're at because everyone's online now. There's no offline versus online. Everyone is online all the time. It's just about finding your audience in those moments to win them over with content that is authentic and specific to them. I wouldn't have thought that they would be on Instagram. It just it makes more. Yeah. <laughs> it just I know, you would think yeah. so. Yeah, it's, it, it turns out it turns out dentists and doctors are people too, and they actually yeah. have Instagram and they enjoy it. And, they, and you know what? Doctors in general love to brag about the fact that they're doctors. So you are so <laughs> likely to find them on Instagram because they, they're they like vegans. They'll tell you within like the first five seconds that they're <laughs> Okay. Yeah. It's, when you put it that way, it makes so much sense because you can't really brag on LinkedIn. It's like you, you just feel so, so shameful every time you do it because everyone's professional life is just on there. And okay, so earlier you said for someone that is, you know, looking to get into, you know, like becoming a social media strategist, is it enough to just have like grown their own social media um, pages? Is that enough? Or do, or do they need to go and study for it? Oh, interesting. I, so I'm going to be a bit of a hypocrite here. So I actually went from, from matric, studied it after for four years. Um, had the, have the privilege of having parents that could afford that, even though I still wanted to get like a bursary for my honors because I was just like, this, this isn't right. Like this amount of money is crazy. 
And, and then I went and um, studied further at Vega to get my branding and marketing degree. And again, very fortunate. I'm, I'm very aware of the fact that I come from a very privileged background where my parents can afford that. Having said that, looking back at the stuff that I learned, and this isn't, this isn't me trying to be rude to After or Vega because I, I think within that time, I certainly learned stuff because, because I took it upon myself being like, like I mentioned from high school, I was like, I feel like I've been held back and it was just like a slingshot. And the moment I could, I like went for it. And I was like, okay, I'm on my own now. I'm going to make this happen. I'm going to make this work for me. And I really pushed myself to, to get really good grades and engage with everything that I could there. Um, but having said that, everything that I'm doing now, I honestly think I learned myself through, through actually doing. And I think that's the problem is there's only certain things you can learn by doing. And, and university, some universities do. Some universities do allow you to learn through doing, but majority of it is just, I find them coming up with their own weird rules and, and excuses. And you just, it's all, it's all in your head the whole time. And it's always theory. And I also think theory is fine. These courses that you're going to be doing that you're paying a fortune for take years to get approved. By the time you actually get it approved and you're learning, it's already outdated. Yeah. I would, if you can, if you can, 100% at least get a course or, or something under your belt, just because we, the reality is we do live in a world where you, degrees are respected for whatever reason. I, I personally think it's, it's a lot of hogwash, um, certain degrees, but um, if you have the privilege of doing that, then in, enjoy your four-year vacation and use that time to, <laughs> to, to actually develop, um, to develop some hard skills, like actually while you're studying, grow your social media so that by the time you leave university mm. you've got you've got experience and networking and a platform and an audience of people who are willing to help you see through your dream or see your dream come true so I think a bit of both if you can from my experience with university it is a lot of theory it's a lot of what companies did back in the day and like in your space it's really you you can't have like utilize a whole semester to learn mm you know, a specific thing, because at the end of the semester, it's, there's something new and there's something. Yeah. Different. Let me tell you, they were forcing me to learn the pros and cons of faxing at Vega. And I, <laughs> I literally, I disputed it. I, I had my little car in moment because I, I think people should be frustrated. You're paying so much money to these universities. And I swear to God, at times, I just feel like they don't care because I literally said to them, I was like, this book is so old. Why am I learning the pros and cons of faxing? And everyone just kind of had the same response of, oh, well, not my problem. I'm leaving at the end of this year anyway. Or, well, this is the way it is. And, oh, it's, you know, in order to get a change, it's going to take so much. And I'm like, well, that's the problem. That's yeah. the problem with these institutions. In order to get anything changed or anything done, it takes so much. And I, I understand to some degree, like, look, I, I'm, I, again, I'm not someone, I, I'm someone who likes to get stuff done. And to my own detriment, sometimes I think I should have more structure and, and things in place. So I understand that there is a need for structure and for rules and for this and for that. But to, 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 what, to what end? To what aim? You know? Mm. Um, so I think, I think if, if I was, if I was someone coming out of matric now, instead of doing like a full degree, I would do loads of little courses that are hands, hands on. So after, after in Vega, I, I did a red and yellow, which I paid for, by the way, I don't want everyone just to think that I'm a professional student and I like lived off of my mom and dad's money. Um, so I paid for a course at red and yellow to do paid media because I realized it was something that I wasn't comfortable doing and that I wouldn't have the discipline to sit down every day and force myself to learn um, because it just became this like huge thing that I didn't even know where to begin. And I did that. And that was really helpful because I literally had to sit every day, spend a dedicated an hour and that was hands-on showing you how Google Analytics worked. Um, and that helps. So I would, I would do like, you know, little courses and things that, that just, so you, just so you have someone, if you don't have the discipline to teach yourself, then do that. And I think that's also what the, the pool for university is, right? That you're just a young, young buttercup that doesn't have the discipline. So yeah, I, I can see the benefit in, it, in like university settings. But most yeah. people don't even attend their classes anyway at university. I mean, I can't tell you the amount of people that dropped out or didn't attend classes. So I, I don't know. I digress. <laughs> and, and branding, was that still relevant? Everything that you learned in university too? But Vega, I specifically studied branding. And I, I loved a good portion of it. I'm going to be honest with you. There was, there was branding is quite theory-based. 
and I did enjoy it. And there are a lot of jargon and buzzwords and things that I took along with me, which I thought was immensely helpful. Um, but again, it was like just, I'd say 10 to 20% of that was okay. incredibly useful, which I could take with me versus the majority of the information, which I just thought felt like they were trying to fill the books with a full empty space. And I was like, this isn't, this isn't practical. And that's what university's for, right? Or it's meant to be, is that it's meant to be a stepping stone to, yeah. to help to bridge this gap between, you know, being so young that you have being young at 18 and having to ask permission to go to the bathroom and then right before, you know, being thrust off into the real world. Like this, this is supposed to be a bridge. It's supposed to prepare you for the real world. Mm-hmm. And the reality is I just don't think universities are. They're, they're, not a, they're not a reflection of what the real working world is like. And, and the, I suppose you could argue that, well, then fine, it's, it's a gap of time where you can literally dedicate yourself to studying. And I think then maybe that's what it should be for. Like, okay, maybe, maybe it isn't going to prepare you for the real world, but you've literally got four, three to four years carved out in your life where you don't have to worry about, hopefully, I mean, unless you're incurring student debt, which majority of people do, that you you've got this time now where you can sit down and just absorb information and take in as much as you possibly can. So you don't have to worry about any other responsibilities. You're cushioned in here, you know, read every single book you can listen to every podcast. And I don't think that culture is encouraged at university. People go to university in South Africa or in the world, let's be honest, to go and have a complete piss up and to, and, and that's also maybe part of the adolescent experience, but um I wouldn't pay that much money for my kid to go and get pissed every evening yeah, <laughs> and to have a, have a, a college experience. Like, I don't know, they can, they can do that without me having to pay for a fancy place for them to do that. <laughs> you know <laughs> what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I love the way you put that because I mean, yeah, but then again, if listening to it now and thinking, wow, there was a time in my life where I could just, you know, absorb like all this information like you know yeah. anything it's like why didn't I utilize that time and the, the same with high school doesn't really prepare you for university it doesn't no. prepare, not at all it makes it sound like the most scariest thing in the world and then yeah. when you get there it's like but everyone's having so much fun <laughs> I'm telling you high school was the worst part of my life I came out of high school thinking if I can handle this I can handle anything and yeah. it was it was made out to be the exact opposite. It was, oh my God, I left high school with the lowest self-esteem thinking I'm a complete imbecile and this is the easiest it's supposed to be. And I'm going to come out of high school and it's a reflection. Cause I tell you, it's a reflection of your life. It's a reflection. Yeah. It's put this pressure on you. Like if you don't do well in grade 11, then you're going to fail matric. And if you fail matric and you don't do well in matric, then it's going to, it's going to mess up your entire life. And it's completely blown out of proportion. And no wonder, you know, at the school I was in, girls were getting eating disorders, you know, every every second of the day and and cheapers you know that amount of pressure is not healthy it's also not realistic and it's just parents using their child as like a a measuring stick of their own self-importance and I'm not into that at all (laughs) it's just it's so bad like the the pressure on I even think the pressure on passing metric like it is oh my gosh not like the (laughs) <laughs> the most important thing in life like if if it doesn't yes you should be like do your best and work hard and all of that stuff but if you don't make it like it's okay you can do it over and you don't even have to be embarrassed about it like you can just do yeah. it over you'll hear people or, or children committing suicide it, it just breaks my heart that the parents put so much pressure on that. I mean, that compared to the rest of your life, that is like such a small hurdle to get over. Right. But then, but then I try and put myself in, in my parents' shoes because as angry as I was at them, you know, I, I just think, well, who was putting the pressure on them? And I think, well, it's society. And like, yeah. okay, society is a bit wishy-washy for me. So I'm going to try and simplify it. But if you really boil it down, universities are businesses, so they're going to want to make more money. So how do we convince everyone that you need to go to university? Well, I mean, then, then it's like, well, in matric, you have to pick the right subjects because you have to have your whole life planned out at 16 because God forbid, if you don't, you're just <laughs> going to end up being a freaking hobo, which I'm not going to let this point in my life, selling everything and being a hobo doesn't sound like the worst <laughs> idea in the world. Like, but yeah, it's, it's like it's, they're getting this pressure from, some, from somewhere else. 
Um, and I think it's, I, I, I'd hate to think this way, but I have, a, I have a sneaking suspicion it's because universities just got way too greedy and they, they would led to make everyone believe that if your child doesn't get a good matric, then they're not going to get a degree in university. And if they don't get a degree in university, then people aren't going to want to hire you. Mm-hmm. And, and the truth is like everyone that came out of university that, that went and got a job like I asked them the same questions. I'm like, how much of what you learned did you actually use? Oh, well, nothing. Now being in the working world, I asked people who are now hiring the people who have just finished um, university. And I'm like, are you finding that their degree is actually useful? And majority of the time it's the same answer. It's like, no, we have to train them up again. And I'm like, well, who was telling this lie that we all, that we're all believing that like these university degrees are so, so important when they're not and like it's it's just like build up over just 16 you have to have the right subjects and then you have to I know people who who passed matric and then went back and got and got their matric in other subjects because they were made to believe that these were the subjects they wanted to take because this was the degree that they wanted to do and what the hell do you know about what you want to be and also you can think oh I want to like me I thought I wanted to be an actor and then I got in the industry and I was like I don't like the industry or what it's actually like practically at all. But school is all theoretical. There's no practical hands-on experience. And in universities, no practical hands-on experience. You spent all this year, all these years to finally get onto the real working world and realize, oh, I actually don't like this. And how much money and debt have you have you accumulated to learn this 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 one piece of information? It's crazy. Something's broken in there. Yeah, and then you just feel like a complete failure because you wasted so much time and so much money. Right. And you feel like you yeah. failed everyone, but it really is okay to start over again, to just get back up and start over again. It, I always I always think it's okay to start up over again as, as long as you don't care what other people think of you because I know a lot of people just stick in with things that make them miserable because they're worried about being seen as like starting up again, like, you know, and, and maybe selling everything in order to pay for that new degree or to pay to learn or to pay, you know, downsizing and moving back in with their parents because they want to start their business up or, you know, like people compare and they feel like they're taking 10 steps back because they feel like, oh, I was living with my parents like 10 years ago. I'm moving back to that sort of milestone now and I'm 30 and that's not the case at all. So you can, as long as you just don't care what other people think. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Because you're actually starting from a whole different, you have a whole different mindset. Yes, you might be in your parents' house again, but your probably your ambition, your drive and your goal is completely different to when you were living as a teenager, probably. Yeah, 100% agree with you. When when you hire, what is it that you look for? I, I will give you two examples of, of the, well, I'll, I'll literally tell you the people that I've hired and like how that happened, because it's, it's really so random. Um, the first person I ever hired, um, lovely girl, she, I, I posted something, I think it was on LinkedIn. I can't actually remember. And then I had a Google form and I asked people to fill it out. Um, she followed up with me. I was, I was just about to start going through all the submissions and she sent me a message on Instagram saying, hi, just wanted to make sure that you got my form. And then she tried calling me as well to say, wanted to make sure you got my form. And I was like, this girl is on it. And I was like, cool. Well, I mean, do you want to come and, and have an interview? And she was the first person I interviewed and the first person I chose just oh. purely based off of that. I don't know if that's ethical. I don't know if that's right. I know there's a lot of people who submit it, but I was just like, I was like, you're hired. Like you're so organized and so with it. This, this makes sense. Um, and, and then she stayed with me for a while and then she started her own business and I was fully supportive of it and wanted her to do her own thing. Like I could always tell working alongside with me that she was destined to have her own project and her own baby and not work with someone else, like or someone else's vision or company. And that's completely fine. Um, then I had another young lady who I had been following her photography on Instagram and I was looking for a content creator and um, I don't know if she'd posted that she was looking for a job, or I think we just started chatting in each other's DMs. And then I said, hey, um, do you want to meet up for a coffee and just chat? Like, I want to get a, a sense of who you are. And then at the end of that coffee, I was like, cool, do you want to come? Do you want to come and work for me? Um, and then I've got another gent now. And then, and then she also left and she started her own photography business as well. Um, and then I have a gent now that's working for me. And he interned with me because... I knew his older brother and his older brother was like, Hey, he wants to cut, he needs to fulfill an internship. And he did. And then when he was done, I just like took him on board and it's been great. And he's been with me for, I think 
one and a half years, two years now. And I think the key is just not to get so up in your head about who you think is going to be right for the job. You don't know, like I'm not God and people are very good at, at being, not saying any of these people were, but you know, people are very good at putting on an act and making it seem like they're going to be the best and you won't know until you've hired them. So hire them. If it doesn't work, fire them. Like it's, it's easy. And also not firing in like an awful sense. Like I always see it, people always see, but I'm quite a disagreeable person by temperament, but um, people see firing as like this awful thing. It's not like you're, you're setting this other person free because this isn't going to make them happy. Mm. And, and not only that, they're keeping someone else who would be a much better fit from fulfilling that role. Um, and then for my web dev, her and I went to high school together. And I think I sent like one little job to her and she was, she did it. And I thought, wow, we work really well. And then just kept sending her more work. And eventually I was like, well, let's just make this happen. So yeah, that's it. There's no like, you know. (laughs) About your industry is that it's not this like, you need to have this qualification and X amount of experience. And it's really just like about like the energy and your drive and whether you can do the job or not. Yeah, I, I mean, because I could teach a person whatever it is that they that they need to know. You know, I mean, that's what I, I love teaching. That's why I've got my Instagram page. I have no problem. Like, you can teach. I think there's a great saying. I'm I'm gonna butcher it, but it's something like you can you can always teach someone a new skill, but you can't teach them work ethic mm, or the attitude that they have for their job. So so hire someone who's at least hungry for it and and enjoys it. You know, because they'll they'll be keen to learn and they'll always be learning more on the sidelines as well. Have you ever made like a a bad hiring decision? Yeah. <laughs> um, I, okay, I, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be honest here. The first thing, the first answer that springs to my mind is yes. Um, but but I, I need to I need to think about this because there's also certain things that I I <laughs> can't say. Um, um, but. It, it wasn't it wasn't the wrong hiring decision I, I don't think there is such a thing as a wrong hiring decision and I'm not just saying that to glorify my own my own missteps <laughs> I just genuinely feel like there is no way that you can know yeah everything about a person and these and also just from like the employee's perspective like I hate these stories of people having to go through five like a five-step interview process only to be told no for an entry-level job like who do these companies think they are? Seriously, that's that's traumatic for people. So I think rather rather be swift and quick and say, "Cool, I'm going to give you a shot." If it doesn't work, that's fine too. It's not personal. Yeah, yeah. I, I you know, even with I would say even with a five step interview process, you still really don't 100% know that person until you they are actually working for you and you actually spend like eight hours with that person every day. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And you don't, even if they're good at their job, because I mean, that's what everyone's looking for, right? Is, is this person good at their job? I have learned now to look for, can this person and I get along? And not as like friends, because you don't want to ever be friends with your, with your employees, like, because they're not your peers. And, and it, there's, you can, you can be friendly, but not familiar, you know? And, and I, that's, I, that's just my ethos on it other companies I know are incredibly different but I never gelled well with management styles where everyone was like we're just a big family and I'm going to sit down and and really try and understand you and psychoanalyze you and all this stuff it's just never resonated with me I feel like that's not my job I'm here to ensure that you get a great working experience here and that you enjoy your work and I don't need to sit and know your entire life story and private deeply private and personal things about you in order for you to get your job done maybe it works I just, I'm not the person that's going to try that. So, um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I completely get that. Um, and yeah, there are sometimes uh, candidates or employees that would also uh, overstep and not know, you know, when that, that when it's time to like work and when it's time to, you know, it, it, you can share like a tiny bit about yourself, but not your whole entire life. Yeah. Even me though, even me, I, I, I mess <laughs> up all the time. I'm not, yeah, because you are with these people all the time and, and it's, it's hard not to, it is, it is, it is harder to restrain yourself and not want to like become friends with this person because that's not natural. I don't think it's natural to spend all your time around someone. 
and not want to get to know them. I don't know if it's just insatiable curiosity or you feel strange being around this person realizing I actually don't know that much about them. So I think that's completely normal. And I've definitely screwed up in, in that in that area before. Um, not to like any major extent, just, just like, you know, sitting back and thinking, oh, you know, should I have said that? Did I overstep? You know, like mm. one, one thing my dad always did tell me is never go for after work drinks with your, with your, I don't, I want to say employees, but I don't know why that sounds gross to me. Um, I, I don't know. Employees just sounds a little, um, with the people that you hire. I, I don't know. I don't know. Just don't, don't have after work drinks. They can have after work drinks and it sucks. Cause you sit back thinking, Oh, that looks like so much fun. I want to be there, but, um, but don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Okay. And then um, do you think that every company should have like a social media strategist or a social media department? But but not because I'm in social media. Like even if I wasn't on social media and this isn't what I did for a living, I would still say yes, just because I mean, people are still going to be talking about your business on these platforms. So either you join in on the conversation or you just allow people to talk about you. And let me tell you now, most of the times when people are talking about a brand or business, it's not because of how good they are. It's usually the unhappy, miserable people who are complaining. So all you're doing is more opening a platform for the people who do cheer you on to have mm. a voice and to kind of combat that. Well, you said that so beautifully. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I should have more green tea more often. And what about companies that are like, you know, mid-level companies, like 150 employees or so, and they, they're afraid. They're afraid of putting themselves out there because of that, you know, that negative comments, you know, they, there's always going to be. Yeah. Well, that, that's exactly it. There's always going to be negative comments. It's just because, just because you ignore them doesn't mean that they don't exist. It's like, it's like, let's say your employees are really unhappy and you just think, well, I'm just never going to ask them how they feel because then it just doesn't exist. That's the same. That's the same mindset. Social media isn't like this entity. It's not a separate thing. It is just mm. another medium for people to, use their voices. I think a lot of these bigger companies are in trouble because I don't think they're used to people who used to be voiceless having a voice and it makes them uncomfortable. Um, but you got to get on board. Like the reality is, that, and, I, and I'm a huge realist, is that it is what it is. I'm sorry that it sucks for you. I'm sorry that you might actually have to take on board some of the opinions that your customers and employees have of your business to better it. I'm sorry that sucks for you but it's the way of the world and you cannot fight against it. So rather join it. If you can't beat them, join them in this case. And, and look, I've never owned a company with 150 employees. So I'm not, I'm not trying to shit on that at all. Like I, I know, I know my place. And I also sometimes think like, who am I to tell people who have 150 employees? Oh, don't worry about it. Just post what you want on social media. It doesn't matter if the, I mean, if you, if you look at the, the faux pas that happened with, what was it? Tresemme, click. I understand where people are coming from because if you, if you are responsible for 150 families' paychecks, I would be scared too. But just because you're scared of something doesn't mean that you shouldn't do it. I think mm -hmm. that you should embrace it um, and, and go for it. So more and more people are losing their jobs because of what they are putting on social media. You know, like Starbucks, um, not in our country, but in other countries, they give you like, people would order like this ridiculous order, uh, one shot yeah. of this and five shots of that and seven yeah. shots of this and it's like this long slip with all the the requests for one drink and, and yeah. Starbucks employee posted this I think it was on Twitter and it said um like reason 59 why I hate my job and this person got fired because you know Starbucks is saying that it's it's okay like we we would give our clients whatever it is that they order that's an interesting discussion to have it's like where is the line because I mean that's a, that's such a tricky line to walk because are we sitting back thinking that employees and people don't have these thoughts you know like it it is like I'm not gonna like it's it's honest and it's that person's truth um you know and I, I think maybe in an ideal world could Starbucks have made that into some sort of a funny joke and and rather than firing the employee thinking you know like what is the actual problem here you know what is it that this person's actually upset about but I suppose at some point you know things just things especially just become such a PR nightmare that people want blood you know and that's the downside of social media is like the social justice which isn't really justice at all but um 
you know, in, in my opinion, but, you know, as people come for blood and then it's, it's, you're going to lose way more customers than, than if, you know, it's not beneficial to just save one employee. It's really interesting. And I think, I think the only way people can answer that is looking at it by a case by case basis. I've gotten myself into hot water before as well, because I I'm impulsive. So I will just have a thought and I'll be very passionate about it. And I'll just pick up my phone and rant. And I've had to be very careful about that because I've noticed the type of attention it brings. The moment you, you use your voice to bring down someone else or to complain, you invite the same energy. Rather just try and use your voice for good. Um, and if you're going to criticize and put your opinion out there, be ready to back it up and be willing to, to take an L and to have other people put you in your place. Because if you're going to come with, if you're going to come with like a high energy, right. And a high mm. level of, I know what I'm talking about and I know what I'm doing. You are going to be matched with the exact same, if not heavier energy, because that's how you approached it. So, so that's, it's really interesting. So companies, obviously now it's just easier to find out more information about the candidate. So you could just go on like social media and view their things and make a decision about this candidate based on what they see on social media. So again, how do you feel mm. about that? Because sometimes like I would feel that I am a completely different person on my Instagram page than I am mm. in the organization that I would work for. Mm. What, what are your thoughts on that on companies making hiring decisions based on what they see on social media? Cause it still is that person. Yeah. I, I would be lying if I said that I didn't go and check out people's social media or do a Google on them before, before necessarily like hiring them. Um, but the difference is I go into it looking at a person as a human being. And if they post pictures and videos of themselves getting drunk, it really doesn't bother me because as long as they come into work and they do their job, I don't care what you do outside of work. I, I think it's almost a bit of an entitlement on a, on a corporation's part to think what this person is, is, um, <sighs> Should be posting pictures in like suits all day. <laughs> yeah, and, and they do. Companies will do that. Companies will literally make you think that you your life is just is them. And I don't think that's fair. And I don't think that's that's true. I I embrace people being themselves and authentic mm. and whatever it is. As again, as long as you come into work, you get the job done, you're passionate about what you do. I really genuinely don't care. Seriously, and, and, and any corporation that tries to make you feel bad for being a human, for going out and doing very human things. Like I saw this whole thing about, I don't know if it was a doctor, but she was posting pictures of her in a, of herself in a bikini with her friends on holiday. And, and, and it was all like, can you trust a doctor who dresses like this? I just think, I just think to myself, yeah. like, I, I, hope for, I am hoping, because we're, again, big picture here is that social media is still very new. We're still as humans trying to grasp this, this tool and this concept and, and how we are perceived by other people. Um, and, and I think that we're going to get to a stage, hopefully where people are educated enough to not make those kind of snap judgments based off of, I, I think it just comes down to self-awareness and people knowing themselves. Like do people honestly look at other people's Instagram posts and think, ah, well, I don't do that. Like, no, of course you go out and you wear a bikini on the beach. Of course you go out and you have a few drinks. You know, like, it's, it's, it's not about that. Like, just stop judging people. As long as they're good at what they do, does it really matter? I Look, there's some things. I, I will preface. There are some things that I'm just like, okay, if I had to see someone, like, abusing animals on their social media page, I'd be like, okay, that's cool. That's, that's, that's not for me. But I, I wouldn't go and shame someone publicly about that. I would, even if yeah. I thought it was really bad, I wouldn't make it my life's mission to shame someone for what they do just because, you know, and I, I think it just comes down to self-awareness and like, and just taking the time to understand people. Um, but yeah, to be, I, to be honest, I, I do a social media audit on myself. The other day I Googled myself and I found really old profiles that I'd set up on weird websites and I went and deleted them because not, not for any other reason, because I, it's not like I found them. Well, I did find them embarrassing, but I wouldn't. I would have <laughs> left them up. 
I would have, if it was just because they were embarrassing, I honestly would have left, left them up because I love, I actually, I love it. I love being able to look back and think that was so cringe, but look at how far I've come now, you know, like this is great. <laughs> um, um, and also just like giving, cutting myself some slack, like, oh, I was a teenager or oh, I was a kid, you know, like, that's okay. You know, people change. I think that's what people mm. struggle with. People want to judge people because it's easier because it's black and white and it's binary and oh, people don't change. Like people change, people grow, it's fine. Yeah. But I, I deleted those profiles that I found on those other websites because it wasn't serving my cause or my intention anymore. Like that was back when I was like a young, young little buttercup who thought I was going to be an actress and had all of, them, all of my profiles up on every single website because I was really trying to make it happen for myself. And I was like, this is diverting attention away from where I actually need the mm. focus to be. So I don't want people to Google me and then it takes their attention there. And, and that's what these platforms and these mediums are all about is attention. And I didn't want, I didn't want to funnel that attention elsewhere in yourself. But at the same time, I agree. Like the reality is people are going to, I mean, you look at like comedians with Twitter and how, something they've said in 2008 can come back to bite mm. them. Like if, if you are, if you are concerned and if you are someone like myself who is incredibly opinionated and has maybe said some things in like a heated moment of righteousness, you know, just go back, filter it, delete it, do whatever you need to do, make peace with the fact that you've grown as a human and, you know, th- thank, thank you ever you surrounded yourself with that taught you better. And just yeah. be grateful. <laughs> And, you know, people always say when, once you put something online, it's there forever. So on the one hand, I think it's true. But like you just said now, you know, if you do that audit every now and then and you can actually go back and delete and, you know, just shift the focus on what it is that you want people to see now. Exactly, exactly. And especially now, well, like if I, I'm so sure that one of these days, if 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 I get popular enough, I'm going to have people pulling up things from the archive. <laughs> I'm, I'm like so ready for it. I'm no seriously. These are these are these are literal thoughts that I have because I I know the kind of person I am and I I know that I'm opinionated and I know that I've said said things that I'm gonna look back and think you bloody idiot. Um, but I I think the difference is that I'm I'm more honest about the fact that I've had those thoughts. I think I think people I think there's a lot of people. I think everyone's had the thoughts that I've had. They're just not stupid enough to yeah. put them out on the internet like I have. So <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Maybe we'll be playing this clip in a couple of years' time and it'll come back to haunt me. Like, remember when Stacey said this? Oh, yeah. Like, here's some, here's some. I will. Oh, wait. Sorry. Could we end this with like a really funny story about this? Because I think people are going to love this. Tell me. Tell me. <laughs> okay. 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 So speaking of things coming back to haunt you, um, I was, I was dating this one guy who, um, he was in the music industry and he was big on Twitter and he obviously wanted me to be on Twitter so we could like, I'm not entirely sure. I think it was like a couple's bonding of some sort so I could see what he was tweeting. And I had, I had this really old Twitter account. I think I'd also started and messed around with as, as I explained to you, I do. And one of my tweets, um, was me saying how hot, I thought Trevor Noah was and how hot I thought the Lock and Vol twins were. Like I like back back in the day <laughs> where I think I still had like their posters from the U magazine up in my cupboards. Um and and the one of the girls that um that I think he was really close with is is now married to one of the Lockenville brothers and he said this in front of her and I was just like absolutely mortified because <laughs> I was like no I swear I'm not gonna come after your man it was just like a childhood crush and like I think he also like you know knew Trevor Noah and and like I think he said he was gonna tell Trevor Noah that I was like really into him or something and I was mortified so I mean that's like small scale like you know funny stuff that can that can happen but um but yeah hopefully that made everyone smile <laughs> it's really embarrassing oh are the tweets still up or have you deleted them I think they're still up I don't think I've learned my lesson I think I had a good laugh and then I was just like haha 
okay, I'm going to carry on with life. The worst, <laughs> literally the worst possible scenario that could have come of that has already happened. Yeah. Nothing worse could ever happen with that. I'm just going to leave them up there now. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fingers crossed that nothing worse would come up from that. Thank you so oh, much. <laughs> I really, really enjoyed this so much with you. So where can people find you if they want to just find out you know, because I know that the content that you share is just so valuable on social media strategy and your company as well. So at boss lady underscore CPT on all social media platforms. So at B-O-S-S-L-A-D-Y underscore CPT, which stands for Cape Town. Um, some people on Twitter thought it was carpet for some reason. So I'm now <laughs> boss lady carpet. I don't know. Um, and my company is called Matter at Heart. So it's M-A-T-T-E-R with an at sign. And then H-A-R-T. So feel free to follow me and let's chat. This was great. We should do it more often. We should just like link up for a coffee or something. (laughs) (laughs)